Good morning. Welcome to Hopewell Missionary Baptist Church Adult Sunday School. So glad to see you, uh, those in person, and so glad to have you with us, those who are with us, with us virtually. I thank God for the opportunity to teach, and thank God for the grace he's shown us to allow us to teach virtually <clears throat> during the pandemic, after the pandemic, while, whatever the pandemic is doing. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> I apologize. We thank God for just being able to study his word. His word is rich and powerful and buoys us as we go through the week. This week, uh, we're starting a series uh, for the next quarter. I can't believe I'm saying it's June. Um, but for June, July, and August, the month of June, we will spend our time in the book of Isaiah. The month of July, we'll spend our time in the book of John, the Gospel of John. And the month of August, we'll spend our time in the book of Revelation, the revelation of Jesus Christ given to John the Baptist. God's foretells destruction is our theme for today's lesson and found in Isaiah chapter number 47, verses 10 through 15. But I want to use a B part to that and use as a lesson title also uh, and tell your neighbor if you're near them or at home, uh, put your waffle down for a second and say, God is in control. God is in control. Isaiah 47, verses 10 through 15. We'll focus. Let's pray. And then let's get right into the lesson. Unpack this suitcase and see what God has packed for us to take on our trip. Spirit of the living God, help us as we pray. Father, we thank you. We love you. We praise you. We adore you. Oh, God, we know sometimes we don't spend as much time with you as we should. Forgive us. We don't talk to you as much as we should. Forgive us. We don't come to you as much as we should. Forgive us. We don't rely on your wisdom as much as we should. Forgive us. But now, oh God, we humble ourselves before you this morning, asking that you fill us like an empty vessel before a full fountain. God, we don't know anywhere else to go. We don't know anybody else to consult. We don't have anybody else we can ask because you have the power of life and death. You are in control. Thank you for blessing and keeping us. Thank you for watching over us and standing by us. Thank you for settling our confused minds. God, there's so much going on at the same time that sometimes we just get confused. We don't know which way to go, left or right, forward or back up. But we thank you we can come to you. And we pray that you give us peace. Oh, God, we know that we uh, humble ourselves before you for the purpose of letting you know we serve a true and living God. Now, God, we come this morning praying for our world, God. We, so much is going on, but you told us it would happen. Uh, nothing surprises you. You said that the end, end times there'd be wars and rumors of wars. There'd be a violence, brother against brother, father against uh, son, daughter against mother. You predicted this, God, and we didn't do anything about it as a world order. But God, now we come to you asking like you've done before, deliver us, God, from the spirit of violence. Deliver us, God, from the spirit of Antichrist. Deliver us, God, from the spirit of norm, uh, uh, normalcy. Deliver us, God, from these different pandemics and epidemics. Deliver us, God, from lack of self-control. Deliver us, God, from, for not caring about others. Deliver us, God, from using the, the political system to oppress. Deliver us, God, in the name of Jesus. Now, God, on a personal front, we ask you to bless those associated, connected to, and a part of the Hopewell Missionary Baptist Church. Bless our Bishop Shields. God, as he stands to minister your word, especially on this first Sunday, as we partake of the Lord's Supper. 
God, we thank you that you're going to bless and keep us. Then God bless all of our personal family members. God bless us spiritually. Bless us financially. Bless, bless us physically in the name of Jesus. We thank you now for the opportunity and the ability to study your word. We want to read your love letter to us and see what you're saying. We thank you in advance. Your credit's good with us. We know you're going to bless. In Jesus' name, we thank you and we love you and we praise you. Amen. Amen. Uh, the book of Isaiah, as you know, um, is the beginning of the prophetic books in the Bible. The Bible is divided up very neatly. Uh, and when you get to the end of the poetry section of the Bible, that is to say, uh, when you finish uh, <clears throat> Job, uh, Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes, and Psalms, you go immediately to the prophetic books, and the first one you run into is Isaiah. Isaiah is um, separated very neatly uh, as the Bible is. Uh, uh, 39 books in the Old Testament and 27 books in the New Testament. Isaiah's book of prophecy is set up in that same fashion. The first 39 books, he deals uh, with what we would consider Old Testament situations, the law, the rule. And then the last 27 books, he deal with the, deal with the New Testament promise of the coming Messiah. Very neatly set up uh, by Isaiah. Um, uh, if you think about what Isaiah is saying to us uh, at this point, um, you, you'll find out that uh, Isaiah is uh, called to prophesy to the kingdom of Judah. <clears throat> Excuse me. He served under or, or prophesied uh, when there were four different kings available. Remember when you study the Bible that the Bible is both is both philosophy and and prophecy and law and history and poetry all in one book you have to understand the context of what's going on for the book to make sense i will tell you right now <clears throat> that you will only understand the book of daniel if you understand the book of isaiah you won't understand the book of ezekiel if you understand the book of isaiah so it's all interconnected it's all an intranet, that is the Bible prophecy. So I'm, I'm going to show you in a little bit why you can't understand Daniel without understanding Isaiah. So Isaiah uh, comes on the scene and he's prophesying to the people in Judah. He serves under four kings, Isaiah, uh, 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 Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah. And you remember from his Isaiah days that you hear, oh, did you hear Isaiah saying, in the year that King Isaiah died, what happened? I also saw the Lord, what? He was high and lifted up and his train filled the temple. And then he gives you the picture of the cherubims and seraphims taking coal off the altar. And you hear them saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. That's Isaiah. Uh, uh, let, let, let justice run, uh, run down like waters and, and righteousness like a mighty stream. It's not Martin Luther King Jr. That's Isaiah. Okay. That's who said that. All right. So Isaiah uh, is going to be a messenger. His, his preaching assignment lasts about 60 years. Now watch this. About 100 years before the three other major writing prophets, prophets Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel, Isaiah is already preaching. Now, Isaiah, for the most part, has been preaching and teaching to Judah about their idolatry, about the fact that they are being drawn away from God by, 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 by worshiping idols and that they have begun to oppress and marginalize 
the poor for personal gain. Paul's rewind. They have been involved in idol worship and they have been doing what? They have been marginalizing the poor for personal gain. That might sound familiar to you. Um, and so then God calls Isaiah to, to, to preach to them and Isaiah is preaching to uh, Judah uh, in, in, the, in, the, in, verse, in, in chapters uh, 1 through 46. And then there's a shift that we're going to study this morning. Uh, and Isaiah's uh, sermon is to the Babylonians. That's in, in chapter 47. So what Isaiah's been doing now, he's been telling the, the, the people of Judah, here's how I want you to act. Here's what I want you to do. Here's what you need, God wants us to do. And then he shifts and begins to turn his attention to the Babylonians. And so what happens is in the book, in, in chapter 47, is Isaiah, in his best Kevin Hart preaching voice, says, God told me to tell you, you better straighten up or destruction's coming. So let's get to that and see what God is doing. But Isaiah preaches under the mantle that God is in control. Uh, <clears throat> look, at, look at Isaiah chapter 46, verse 10. Not in the lesson, but it's the, it's the level set I need to give you. Here's what Isaiah says about God, and I want you to take this home with you today. I want you to, to, to get this in your spirit because sometimes we feel like nothing's in control. That, you know, we're like a weeble wobble. All right? Y'all remember the weeble? Am I too old? Y'all remember the Weeble Wobble Toys? <laughs> 4610. Here's what Isaiah says about God. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. In other words, Isaiah said, God is like your GPS system. We talked about it a little bit last week, in that when you put the address in, I'm going from here to somewhere in, in Norcross. When you put the address in, the GPS already knows where you're going. And if you ask the GPS, you can say, give me turn-by-turn turn directions. And it'll print out for you before you leave home. You can know where you're going to turn. Also, if you ask it, are there restaurants along the way? Are, are there, there, there uh, 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 gas stations along the way? And it will, it will outline that for you. So what you take away from that is God already knows your end from the beginning. Watch this. So you take great confidence that you're going to come out all right because you started. You, God knows where you're going, but you got to start. And the fact that you have started means that you're doing what God wants you to do. And it's all on schedule. Don McClurkin taught us that a couple of times ago. So don't get concerned if you don't know exactly where you're going. You've never seen that road before. You've never seen that turn before. God already has it, has it, has it in, in the mind of God where you're going. And if you follow him, you won't get lost. Amen. All right. These Babylonians are going to oppress and they have been oppressing the people of God. And Babylon, by the way, is what we would call present day Iraq. These Babylonians were smart. They were great, and uh, they developed some great, great, great things. Uh, one of the greatest things they developed, I had to study this in law school, was the Hammurabi Code, which is the first system of laws ever written down. 282 of them came from the Babylonians, and Hammurabi Af Af actually is of African descent. And he put out the first law book, 282 laws, 
in the Hammurabi code. That's just, that's free. Now, in uh, uh, Isaiah, as he begins to talk to his uh, people at Israel uh, and the Babylonians, he first sets it up by, in chapter 40, he prophesied the coming and mission of John the Baptist. Look, look how God works before the end from the beginning. Long before John the baptizer would ever come on the scene, Isaiah prophesied he's going to come on the scene because God knew John the Baptist was going to come on the scene. Mm -hmm. All right? Y'all been to the movie? Previews of coming attractions. All right? You, you get to see the movie, at least a, a, a snippet, the trailer, before it happens. That's what John, Isaiah says. I'm telling y'all, Isaiah says, there's going to be a man named John. This is way before, 750 years before John. More than that. Then, in chapter 43, he prophesies the redemption and restoration of Israel. In 43, actually, and my notes are wrong, and 45. The prophet predicted, watch this, this what's amazing. In, in, in Isaiah in, uh, 45, he predicted that Cyrus, before he was born, listen to this good, Isaiah prophesied before Cyrus was born, not by, by name, that Cyrus, the king of Persia, would overtake the Babylonian kingdom. Cyrus hadn't even been a twinkle in his mama and daddy's eye. But, but Isaiah said, it's going to happen. Now watch this. Then Isaiah says, I'm going to tell you a little later in our lesson today, exactly how it's going to happen. It's going to blow your mind. I'm not only going to tell you how Babylon is going to fall. I'm going to tell you exactly how they're going to fall. And, and I'm going to tell you precisely when it's going to happen. Now watch this. So he starts off uh, as a backdrop to our lesson today. He says, um, I, 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 I'm, going to, I'm going to talk to you because God always warns. He never threatens. Tell your neighbor that. God always warns. God doesn't threaten you. He warns you. If not, then. If not, then. You can't ever say when you stand before God, I, I ain't know. I ain't know what you want. Yeah, don't, uh-uh. That's the biggest lie since the devil started talking. Yes, you did. And you made a decision. But God warned you, right? Warned to you, right? He, that woe is always for you to woe. Warned to you. All right, that's what God does. Now watch. So, uh, uh, God, uh, 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 Isaiah, hundred years now, talk. Oh, by the way, Isaiah's prophecy, this is going to blow your mind, is a hundred years before the Babylonian captivity, he prophesies about the Babylonian captivity. A hundred years before. I know y'all think everything's on the internet. I know you think Google knows everything. Ask Google, Google what's going to happen tomorrow. Your computer will shut down. Google doesn't know. Guess who does know? Take the Google off Google and put a D. God does. So before you put it in your search engine with Google, put it in your search engine in your heart. Ask God to tell you what's going to happen. Ask God to lead you way, lead the way, right? A hundred years before the Babylonian captivity, Isaiah preaches to the Babylonians. In his best Kevin Hart voice. Now, Babylon, like all world dominant 
um, systems follow a predictable pattern. All right? So here's what happens. So a country develops military might. Then they take that military might and go next door to a, somebody that's weaker and they capture that country. And they make them pay tribute. Ordinarily, they take away young, strong people whom they've captured militarily and bring them back to their country and put them at work for free. And then they build their economy on the backs of those slaves. It's a predictable pattern. All right? Because you can go a long way if you don't have to pay for labor. If your labor costs are free, you can really get rich real fast. Then what happens is the military might allows them to capture others. Right? Then, as time goes on, because of military might, they begin to get comfortable and they begin to enjoy leisure. Because of that, arts spring up. Music springs up. Libraries spring up. Why? Because they've got leisure time. They don't have to worry about war and conquest. Then they get fat and lazy. And while they're fat and lazy, an enemy seeps in, sometimes outside, sometimes inside, and they'll destroy the kingdom. All of this is by God's design, but they don't know it. The Babylonians were at ease. They felt like they were indestructible. And let's see what God says about them. Before we get to the, the full lesson, I want to just back up just a little bit because you, uh, you, you need to understand where they came from. Remember now, Isaiah, God's called prophet, speaking to the Babylonians. And so here's what he tells them. He, he, verse 47, I want to start at verse, chapter, verse 1. I know we got to get to verse 10. I'm going to get there. God says through Isaiah, Come down and sit in the dust, O virgin daughter of Babylon. Sit on the ground. There is no throne, O daughter of the Chaldeans, for thou shalt no more be called tender and delicate. Isaiah uses metaphors and similes, and he, he compares the Babylonian kingdom to a basically a virgin queen, pure, undefiled. He said, oh, you are so beautiful. Oh, you, you look so good. He said, but let me tell you something. Uh, get off the throne and sit on the ground. You know, the king would not, the queen would never come down off her chariot um, and, and, and sit on, y'all been watching Mary the Medicine, and, 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 and talk to common people. Isaiah said, but here's what's going to happen to you, Babylon. He said, you're going to be sitting on the ground, not on a throne. God's going to judge you. Now watch, he says, take the millstones and grind meal, uncover your life. You're not going to be able to go to the hairdresser. Great. God Almighty. <laughs> you know that's bad. He said, uh, and, and then he said, and you, go, you got to bear your leg, verse 2, and make bear the leg, uncover your thigh, and pass over the rivers. Isaiah said, next time we see you, Babylon, you're going to be running through the water like a nappy head girl. Naked. Everybody's going to see your nakedness. I love the Bible. It's better than TV. That's why he said, he said, he said, he said, he said, nobody's ever, ever seen you naked, Babylon. But what's what he said, but what's going to happen is God, verse three, will uncover your nakedness and your shame will be seen. I will take vengeance and I will, I will not meet thee as a man. 
Isaiah said, God is not coming to date you. God is coming to destroy you, but he's going to embarrass you. And that was antithetical <clears throat> to what the Babylonians thought because they thought they were indestructible. They thought there's nobody <clears throat> anywhere that can defeat us because we are the Babylonians. We got it all together. We got wars and missiles and governments and planes and tanks and bombs. <clears throat> and we bad all by ourselves. We bad mamma jamma. Nobody can bother us. Isaiah said, God is going to get you because of the way you treated his people. He allowed you to capture them, but didn't tell you to be hateful to them. You not only captured them, free labor, slave labor, but you were mean and ugly to them. And God didn't like it. Now, they got some stuff they got to deal with, too. God's not letting them off the hook. But you didn't have to treat them the way you treated them. You already had them enslaved. You already had them they couldn't go home. You already had them when you were separating wives from husbands, husbands from wives, wives and husbands from children. You're already doing that, but only that. But you are hateful to them. Does that sound familiar? Yeah. And God said, I don't like that, and I'm going to, I'm going to get my, my just recompense. Watch. He says, you, you're going to find out who's really in charge. He says, for our Redeemer, the Lord of hosts is his name, the Holy One of Israel. Notice that H. And O are capitalized. That's a title. He says, I know who you think you worship, but the real one is the Holy One of Israel. That's Jesus the Christ. That's who you're going to worship. At some point, every knee's going to bow. Every Russian knee, every Babylonian knee, every USA knee, and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. He said, Babylonians, just like Americans, you're involved in idol worship. You esteem very highly movie stars. What they say goes. You esteem very highly people on the internet who are influencers. Your, your, your style of dress, your style of hair, your style of clothes, all influenced by somebody you will never meet, don't know you, don't care about you. You've replaced them on the, on the throne of God with them. That's idol worship. You're into superstars. What's trending is what they say. And you've forgotten about God. He said, I'm not trying to get you to walk around looking crazy, but I'm just telling you, don't let anything take the place of God. Amen. He says to them, uh, uh, let, let me go down to verse 8. <clears throat> Therefore, remember this is in his Kevin Hart voice. God told me to tell you. Therefore, hear now this. Thou art given to pleasures. Sound familiar? Thou dwellest carelessly. That saith in thine heart, I am, and none else beside me. I shall not sit as a widow, neither shall I know the loss of children. Babylon said, we're perfect. We got it all together in a bag of, we're a bag of chips. We got it all together. Nobody, and, and he said, Babylon has is so, so, so crazy with it that they begin to refer themselves as if they're God. They use, you see, you use that word, I am. Where have you heard that before? In Exodus. God says, I am that I am. Babylonian has taken that mantle onto themselves and are acting like they are God. I can do whatever I want to do whenever I want to do it and nothing you can do about it because I got money. I've got riches. I've got land. I control the government. I do whatever I want to do. Isaiah said, alright. You're going to play yourself. Watch this. He says in verse 9, I'm going to get to the lesson. But these two things shall 
these two things shall come to thee in a moment in one day. Watch this now. The loss of children and widowhood, they shall come upon thee in their perfection for their multitude of thy sorceries and for the great abundance of thine enchantment. He said, all this magic stuff y'all doing, all this stuff you think, all this stuff you, he says, go just like that. You're going to be wiped out. And when it happens, Isaiah said, you're going to know that God did it. Now let's drop down to, let's start, let's pick up the lesson. All right. He first deals with the, the, the critical uh, uh, ethical issue for the Babylonians in verse 10. For thou trusted in thy wickedness. Thou hast said, none seeth me. Thy wisdom and thy knowledge, it has perverted thee. And thou hast said in thine heart, I am. And none else beside me. Woo! God bless our country and nobody else. That's that haughty, high-minded spirit that's at work in, in Babylonians. So uh, the prophet says, uh, uh, you, you, you trusted in your own wickedness, your power and wealth, which you got by fraud and oppression, you become confident in it. I know some countries, none y'all know, where they built their wealth on the back of slaves. That they stole slaves, brought them to their country, worked them 450 years, didn't pay. Angie Mama, Uncle Ben, Kunta Kente, Art Fiddler. And then said, look at the country we built. So it is with, with other countries who invade their neighbors, kill their children, their women, take their land, and talk about this is our sovereign country. God says, you think I don't see you. Oh, I see you. Oh, I see you. They said, you can't see me. That's what he said. He said, none seeth me. I can do whatever I want to do. I'm invisible and invincible. I have the power because I have the might. to do. But I want you to know, people of God, should sit here today, God is not going to let people take advantage of you and abuse you and make you seem powerless. God is going to recompense his people. You don't have to worry about it. God's got your back. Your front and your side. They are not going to get away with it. Every time they touch you, an alarm goes off in heaven. You ever left the house, left your door open? You get an alert on your, on your smartphone saying, your alarm's going off. Every time there's a breach of your security, God says, I, I, I felt it. The alarm goes off. He's called it wickedness. He says, you're, you're, he said, I'm not mad about wisdom and knowledge, but you perverted, perverted it. You're trusting in human knowledge instead of me. He says, uh, he says you, you even try to take my name. Uh, and, and by the way, just so y'all know, uh, God says to them, your arm's too short to box with me. Don't, 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 don't come for me. You're going to regret it. You, you're going to be sad. Don't come for me unless I sin for you. Right? Because I'm God. And besides me, there is none other. I'm going to treat you like I taught Pharaoh. Keep playing. Keep playing with me. All right? Don't play with me. Play with you. Oh, no. All right. Now, now watch, watch, watch how God then predicts the fall of Babylon. Watch it. Y'all going to love this. 
Verse 11, it says, Therefore, since you all this, shall evil come upon thee. You will, thou shalt not know from whence it arises, and mischief shall fall upon thee. Thou shalt not be able to put it off, and desolation shall come upon thee. Suddenly, which thou shalt know, not know. They say, oh, 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 God. We've got sophisticated military systems. Uh, when we want to find out what's going to happen with our enemies, we consult soothsayers. And the folk on the side of the road in the trailer with their palm up, that's what we do. We talk to Miss Lucy who can tell us, who can read our palms with our nasty hand. Uh, that's what we rely on God. We're not scared because we, we, we know people who can predict the future. Prophet Stupid comes to town and we all run to the Georgia Dome because he's going to prophesy. God said, no. He said, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. And, and now you'll be able to understand Daniel chapter 5. <clears throat> God says, what's going to happen to y'all? Uh, King Belshazzar uh, 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 is going to give a feast. And y'all thought that the text messaging was created by Apple? God created text message. First text message ever sent. Daniel chapter 5. What was it? Meaning, meaning. Tickle Absalom. You've been weighed in the balance and found one. And they wrote it, a hand wrote on the wall. That's a text message. First text message. And the Bible says when the king read it, his knees start shaking. What the Bible said. And they called Daniel, a preacher. I said, what's this mean? Daniel said, well, you didn't read the book of Isaiah? <laughs> Daniel said, tonight, your kingdom's going to be required of you. And they said, that's not possible because we are well fortified. We have a moat around the city. But the, 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 the Persians got on some, some, some boats and some floaties and floated under the gate. And Belshazzar and his friends were in there having a good time, drinking some hen and kicked back and all that. And, and before they could get up the next day, they looked up and they were speaking Greek. Isaiah told you this a hundred years before it happened. I just came to give you a word of comfort this morning. Whatever you are going through, that's unfair. That's discriminatory. That's because somebody has abused you. That's because somebody took advantage of you. Be not dismayed. Whatever be tied, God is going to get justice for you. Then he says, uh, uh, go, go to verse 12. Uh, it, it's going to be sudden. Now you understand Daniel, right? Because you, know, you understand Isaiah. You're a Bible scholar. But before the month's over, you really going to understand Isaiah. But now Daniel makes sense. Because the Daniel prophecy, the text message, makes no sense except in the context of Isaiah. All right? All right, now let's go. Let's, let's watch this. Look at verse, look at verse 12. Uh, Stand now with thine enchantments. Now, now, now Isaiah being messy. I'm just telling you, he's being messy. Isaiah is mocking these people. He is. He's just made a messy prophet. He mocks them. And you know, Elijah was messy. Remember? When he was calling down fire with the prophets of Baal, Baal and the, they couldn't get the prophet for the, the, their God to rain down fire, Isaiah said, well, maybe he's on vacation. Just being petty. Maybe he's in the bathroom. Isaiah was being petty. These are real people in the Bible, y'all. 
So Isaiah, so Isaiah here, I mean, I said uh, Elijah, Isaiah here gets paid. Isaiah says, here's what y'all should do. He said, don't worry about what I said. He said, call in your soothsayers. Call in Miss Cleo. When you labored from your youth, if so be thou shalt be able to profit for thou mayest prevail. He said, call in all your magicians. Call in all of your uh, online uh, psychic readers. All this stuff that people rely on, your, your, your horrible scope, astrology, crystals, y'all burning sage. Sage supposed to be in dressing. Right? You know, burn sage. So, y'all doing all this stuff. Sorry. Do all this stuff um, trying to get some outside force to help you predict the future. Man, we know the future. Mahalia Jackson sing about it. He got the, she's in English, right? he got the whole world in his hand. He, the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. Y'all thought somebody was indestructible. And then they ran and didn't win. Nobody here, but another country. And y'all try to tear the place down. Because you relied on an idol. You involved in idol worship. God said, I don't do, we don't do that. Not when you got under God on your money. You can't have an idol when you got under God on your money. God says, watch this. He says, uh, call them in. Talk to them. See if they can tell you anything. They couldn't. And a hundred years later, Belshazzar did the same thing. He couldn't interpret the text message. So he called in his astrologers, his soothsayers, and they said, we don't know what that's about, but there's a man that you stole from his country. And he put him in the lion's den, and the lions couldn't kill him. He can read this stuff and go get Daniel. Predictable pattern. This country better turn to God and start listening to preachers who preach the unadulterated word. Not this watered down stuff. Not this apostasy. Because God is judging. Even among churches. Have y'all been watching? He's judging. Because you're not going to use his name in vain. He's going to expose you. He told, he told him, put him back. He said, you're going to be naked. Everybody going to see your nakedness. Don't do it. Watch this. Now verse 13. We're almost, we got two more verses. Y'all floor me down. All right. It says, you're wearied in the multitude of your counsels. Uh, let, now the astrologers, the stargazers, stay gazers, the monthly prognosticators stand up and save you from these things. That's your, come on, uh, Isaiah. You, come on now. Isaiah said, go ahead. Y'all know everything. It's on the internet, right? Y'all know everything. Call them in. Ask them. Tell them to tell you what's going to happen. What's taking you so long? What's wrong? Need more time? He said, because you and I both know that that's foolishness. It's cute when you're in the club, what your name is, what your sign is. Stop. Um, that's my sign. So, so it's cute, but that stuff is sorcery. Question. Why does God hate witchcraft 
and magic so much if they're not real? Why does he hate it so much if it's not real? Because there's no such thing in magic. I love watching magic shows and going to magic shows, but I have sense enough to know they didn't cut the lady in half. Because they cut the lady in half, I'm going to run out of there. Like the, and the other folks going to run out too because they got warrants. And I'm not, they're not going to be here when they come in. They cut, but it's an illusion. Why does God care? Because he said, I'm a jealous God. You shall have no other God before me. And when you start relying on magic and astrology and soothsayers and crystals, you are saying there's another power other than the power of God. Not having it. Stop it. Nobody in Hopewell does that, but your friends on the, you know, did y'all be texting and stuff, tell them to stop it. It's dangerous. It's a slippery slope. Watch this. And, and Isaiah, you know, calls them stargazers. Now, there's nothing wrong with the science of astronomy, not astrology, because the science of astronomy led the same Babylonians to the manger. The study of the movement of the stars is not seen. God does work predictably because he's God. He just doesn't consult you. They saw a star and followed the star to the manger. Not because it was astrology, but because it was astronomy. Very different. All right. God's not throwing out the science. He just said, quit thinking that how the moon moves is going gonna, is gonna to tell you whether or not you're going to find somebody tall, dark, and handsome. All right? He said, don't, 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 don't do that because it's evil. It's going to lead you down the wrong path. All right? Now, uh, let, 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 let's, let's, let's slow down just a minute. They, they were looking for signs from the plural gods, G-O-D-S, not the God. For what purpose? To direct them about what to do. The people believe that these wise men could depend on their magic and could defend them when an enemy was near. Watch this now. They said, we need to know if we're about to be invaded. Tell us before it happens that we're about to be invaded. What the wise men would do, and we read about wise men in, in Matthew, is they for the most part would hire people to go out and reconnoiter and, and, and spy out and tell them what was coming and then come back and pretend they got the information from magical power. It was plain old shoe leather, beating the bushes. You saw that the Israelites did that at Jericho. Right? What? Joshua said, send some spies, Go, reconnoiter, find out what Jericho is like, and come back and give us a report. And then God will give us a plan. These people, though, had decided that they're going to take advice from advisors who were relying on magic, gooba dust, blue magic dust and powder. That stuff y'all get when y'all go to the Essence Festival and come back, uh, put hexes on people. <laughs> you better get the hex out of here. Um, that stuff doesn't work. Don't be scared of voodoo. Voodoo don't work on you. I mean, it just doesn't. It can't. Voodoo can't work on you. Don't worry about no four-legged black cat. Spend your time worrying about the two-legged black cat. 
It can't buy. That, that stuff doesn't work. Have you all upset and send you, somebody send you a chain letter? You better send this on to 10 people if you want to be rich. Well, why are you sending if you rich? Why are you? Right? Okay. I'm trying to help you now because I'm telling you, desperate times, people turn to crazy stuff. Y'all have seen it. I'm not making this up. Desperate times, people look for answers. They'll grab anything. I was watching the other day, and, and God delivered me from um, uh, the 700 Club and, and that old channel. And this man was selling miracle water. Uh, somebody pop off. So all you're doing is popping off. Selling water from Jordan. And he called it miracle water. He was selling it. He was selling something he said God made for a miracle. Y'all miss me. Why are you selling something that God would give you to give the people as a miracle? Why are you selling it on Christian television? Be careful. I'm not criticizing anybody. I don't know anybody's background. I have not to, I'm just telling you, when stuff seems stupid to me, it's normally stupid. Just be careful. And tell your friends to be careful with this stuff. Don't play with this stuff. Manifesting. Be careful. Be careful with this stuff because you get led down a, a, the primrose path and you look up one day and you'll be somewhere with Jim Jones in the jungle and thank you serving God. But God says, I am that I am. There is no other God beside me. I don't care what practices somebody else's did. I don't care if they're sitting around a red table or a green table. Right? If they got their own magazine and their own station. If they are wrong about God, there are some things that are non-negotiable. Jesus is the Son of God. Non-negotiable. Jesus lived, he died, rose again. Non-negotiable. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Non-negotiable. You confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead. Thou shall be saved. Non-negotiable. This other stuff, color the carpet. Who's going to be in the sanctified choir? Who's going to wear the green robe? You know, all that stuff. What we're going to put outside, all that. Okay, we, can, we can debate that. But some things are non-negotiable. Touch a neighbor and say, some stuff's non-negotiable. Or text them. Put your waffle down and text them. All right, three minutes. Verse 14. Am I helping anybody? Amen. Behold, they shall be as stubble. The fire shall burn them. They shall not deliver themselves from the power over the flame. Power of the flame, excuse me. There shall not be a coal to warm, warm it, nor fire to sit before it. Isaiah said, you rely on folks that can't even save themselves. They can't save themselves, and you're asking them to save you. Isaiah said, everybody is going to be destroyed when God gets ready. Quit relying on people because they sound good. They have the right cadence. And they got some other knuckleheads behind them saying, go on, say it. Because they wrote a book. Right? Right? My five-year-old niece wrote a book. She did. Don't, don't, do, 
Rely on God. I know that's, that's old L-O-L, you're so old-fashioned. So, no, I'm just biblical. Either God is God or he's not. One thing I, I learned from, from, from the great coach Kirby Smart this year, <laughs> he said to the Georgia players, either you're elite or you're not. Don't play. Either it's God or it's not. There is no in-between. It's binary. It either is or it isn't. It's fish or fowl. Don't get drawn into this stuff because it sounds good, but it's not God. Last one and we'll stop. Verse 15. Thus shall they be unto thee with whom thou hast labored, even thy merchants from thy youth, that shall wander every one to his quarter. None shall save thee. He says, the plan of God is such that anything that's not based on God will fail you. He says, as we all know, on Christ, the solid rock, I stand. Grandmama, no training, no education, no seminary training said, on Christ, the solid rock, I stand. Grandmama, she said, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. You people of God have got to know that you've got a God who cares enough about you to come see about you. And I promise you, he will come and see about you before you call. He's already answered because he knows the end from the beginning. As you leave, tell yourself and tell your neighbor, text them, tweet them, Instagram them. God is in control. See you next week. Pray for me. Well, I do. Very, very powerful message. Pray for me, brother.